Welcome to the Subject to Revision podcast. In a society marred with cancel culture, we hope to be a beacon of light. It is here where we will share stories of forgiveness, redemption, and new perspective. We will use our experiences to remind us all of the human condition, one where mistakes and grievances are the seeds of growth and change. Together, we hope to poke through the dark veil of condemnation and show the light that glistens on the other side. Very exciting episode today. We are joined by Tyler Lichtenstein. Tyler is a fellow podcaster. He is the host of Your Corner Store, which was my first experience with being a guest on a podcast and really helped inspire Subject to Revision. It was an absolutely terrific conversation to hear his perspective, not only on podcasting, but on what it's like to live in another country and then come back to the United States. His thoughts on yoga and meditation, balancing the mind, positive and negative energies. And we just had an overall uh, really phenomenal time and I'm very appreciative that he was able to be here with us today. I really hope you all enjoy this episode. Hi Tyler. Hey man, how's it going? I'm good. Thank you for for joining us. So um, our audience doesn't know about my podcast journey in full yet, but you are a large part of it and uh, a real inspiration. So I have always enjoyed listening to podcasts, but the thought of actually having my own podcast seemed very far-fetched. Mm-hmm. I was like, how could you even do that? You probably need equipment. Like, where, like, do you need a studio? How do they record this? Like, I, I had no idea what that looked like. And then I saw your podcast. I asked if I could be on yeah. your podcast. You uh, were very welcoming and invited me to do an episode with you. And I, I saw what that process can look like and and it and it became real for me which was really exciting i was like okay now i can do this i need it like i I definitely need a game plan Mm -hmm. but this is within my grasp for whatever the ends of it are i could at least make that portion of the dream happen so thank you for that yeah absolutely i think it's awesome that i've even inspired you like i can't imagine like just like having you on the show has done that but it's so awesome that it has because i feel i was also in your shoes like uh, the really my podcast journey started off as like a side project, like in school, my senior year in this core class, they were just like, there was like three options, start something new, pick up where you left off in another class on something, a project that you're passionate about, or finish up something that you'd been working on, say your entire college career. But at the time I was like watching a lot of Joe Rogan clips, very interested in a lot of like the guests he had on the perspective they offered and things like that. And I was like, people don't have these conversations normally. Like how often do you like really like go, go up to someone and have like an hour, an hour long conversation, unless you invite them to lunch, brunch, dinner, whatever it may be. And then, and even then, do you, do you have them? Right. And then they could be on their phone or whatever. But I, I thought this was like the best way to sit people down and like pick their brain. Cause you don't really do that naturally as much now. Cause people are so quick to dismiss or just be on their phone. Yeah. We'd rather like send a text message than actually have a, a full bore conversation Action. about something yeah. or tweet for whatever it is, 240 characters. And, and that is my thought and that's my position. Yeah. And it's the only position that's allowed to be. And if you comment that you don't like it, then I hate you. Yeah. And we're not cancel friends. culture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this podcast is built around, kind of an anti-cancel culture it is built around 
the theme of our podcast on your podcast. Do you want to speak about your podcast at all before I go Yeah, on? so uh, for those of you who don't know, my podcast is called Your Corner Store. Uh, really, it's just a way for me to, like I said, pick your brain and kind of just have these like all around kind of conversations. Like if you think about it, if you've ever even been to New York City, it's kind of like where I got this idea. You go in and there's like someone doing something in one corner or someone's like buying their beer or people are chatting it up and they've been there for years on years. And I thought like there's something there or there's something even behind every person. So really what it is, is like trying to get to know people. Cause I, I love to be around friends. I love to be in, in a social environment. It's just who I am. So I thought what a better way to learn people than to like open up and have a conversation about it. So part of your inspiration was to build relationships. Yes, absolutely. Which is really cool. Cause it's not about making money or no. popularity or fame or, or any of that. Whereas like, for mine, I, I don't have any of those ambitions. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to have like a, an impact on people's lives, whether that's large or small in some sort of positive way. And for me, the community that I'm a part of, we do that by sharing experience. Yeah. So the more people that can hear others experience, the more like point of views that we can share. And sometimes for me, that's all I need to get out of like a a certain mindset or a certain way that I'm thinking is to just hear the stories of someone else or see the challenges that they overcome or learn how they develop their own podcast just to form relationships. (laughs) It was an easy way. It's an easy way to make a friend. Yeah. You want to be on my podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool. Just yeah, a, a yeah, way to yeah, like cool. get them like break the ice almost. And it sometimes it's a little awkward, especially if you haven't been like on a podcast before. I, I'm sure maybe you had some podcast jitters, but like it, yeah, after was, a while, I it was just sweating through my shirt. <laughs> right, it was so bad. Yeah, it was but, so exciting. Like, after but... a while, it kind of just like fades away, like as if you were talking to a friend. And I don't think really there's anything more rich than connection. And we're we're human like we we thrive on this kind of stuff we need each other to like kind of survive and push each other along and and to your point like hearing about people's stories is when you have something to relate to there's like so much more power in it because if you know say you are struggling or you've been through like really tough times and you someone hears this podcast they hear you talk about your road to redemption or your forgiveness and your internal forgiveness they might look themselves in the mirror and like and boom just like that you've helped them and they've and, and i think it's so powerful and sure. that's why these hope. are awesome yeah and that's that's ultimately the goal is to hear inspiring stories by inspiring people and because the the topic is forgiveness which was the topic of our podcast that yeah. wasn't what it was meant to be originally right. but that was the path that we mm-hmm. ended up going down um i feel that forgiveness is threefold and there could be fourfolds, and I'm open to learning about the fourth fold. But right now, I view per, uh, my perspective on forgiveness is uh, stories of being forgiven, stories of providing opportunity to forgive, mm-hmm. and people who don't believe that forgiveness is a thing because that's also real. I have spoken to people who go, "No, like you wronged me once, you're dead. Like that's yeah. it. Like I, no I excommunicate you. I don't believe in second chances, and that's okay, also." But I still feel it's important for people to hear where does that like ideology come from? Why would somebody feel that way? Mm-hmm. Because the more that I know about why somebody feels that way, the more that I can be I can be okay with them not agreeing with me. Right. Because there's context behind why we don't agree. And understand their perspective helps. Yeah, yeah. I think the third option is probably the worst type of forgiveness. <laughs> like you would never want to be. the absence of it. Yeah. You just 
yeah, there's got to be a way like for you to find it in your heart of hearts, like to enter that space. Like, and I feel like if you don't forgive, you might, you might burden yourself with this thought or like this, this ideology that you're just suffering when you don't let it go. And that forgiveness is really what it is, is, is letting go sure, of that, it, finding that understanding. Yeah, it's that opposite of holding a resentment, mm-hmm. right? And I've learned that resentments are um, like me taking poison, hoping that you'll die. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I poison myself. I, I could cause more harm to me by not applying forgiveness to others more than the person who is hoping that I forgive them, or maybe not even hoping, um, feels about the whole situation. Yeah. Because I sit there and I am steaming and boiling and marinating in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I I talked about this thing where I feel like uh, negativity has its own gravity. And if I put myself in that mind frame, like a negative mindset, like all of my ideas and all of my thoughts get pulled to like that new core of negative thinking where everything is in this light of, um, of like harm and resentment and, and it's unhealthy. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's reap what you sow, right? Sure. Like I, my mom is like super big and like really when I was a, like maybe 14 or 15 when my, uh, have you ever heard of the book, the secret? I've heard of the book heard The Secret, but I've never read the book The Secret. What's the book I, The Secret about? So it's I, about a secret. I also haven't read the book. <laughs> but my my mom loved to tell me about positive energy or, or put it out in the universe, right? Put this idea out. That's what Marissa says. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they could connect on a yeah, podcast. No, but they could, they could. Like the this idea that if you put this positive energy, the universe will meet you with the same kind of energy. But like you like you to your point that negative energy becomes this gravitational force and misery loves company like even if you even if you haven't necessarily felt negative say someone you know is particularly negative all the time and you know that's like how they are they they want to blame everything on something else but they never want to take responsibility it's that kind of like negativity that could bring you down with them and then now you're like reflecting like oh now now this thing sucks my and one then, of my close friends used to refer to that as um, contact resentment. Like just by being around <laughs> someone, you get, yeah, you start like, getting like angrier fuck, and more negative, I'm so mad and frustrated because you're around other people that are also feeling that way, and then it just snowballs and it like continues to grow, mm-hmm. and you can have this like this this group of people that are really only upset because it started with one person being upset and then spreading it, and it's contagious. Yeah. So we're gonna try and spread some some, some good some vibes, light and love, and, some and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, man, I, I, life is hard enough. That's how I feel. I feel like life is hard enough, and and I don't want to expend even more of myself just soaking in negative feelings and negative thoughts. And to be honest, I'm in and I'm not in my most positive place right now, and I'm working my way through it. And there means for me. So I did 25 minutes of yoga and then a 15-minute meditation before you got here because I wanted to put myself in a good headspace for our podcast because I, I was really excited for it. But there are some stuff in like an area of my life. Not with Marissa. She's the best. You hear that, sweetie? You're the best. I, and I, I just I can't seem to let go of a situation that happened. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean I'm still not yet willing to let go of a situation that was, for me, hurtful. Um, I can lend some context, but it's basically about 
um, like diversity and inclusion and the community that I'm part of, which is um, people who are in recovery from substance abuse, mm-hmm. uh, weren't welcome as a group within like this uh, like this network of uh, diversity associations. Mm-hmm. And when I got the email that stated that, I was very like personally hurt because funda- fundamentally for me, that's how I identify is right. like, I'm a, I'm a recovering addict. Like that is the, the foundational part of my life from which everything else like blossom and grows. And to be excluded from that was hurtful. And I'm working my way through it and like what my next steps are, but I've had to digest it because it, I had a certain expectation that there wasn't a reason why it wouldn't be considered, uh, why it wouldn't be it's included. almost shocking. I, yeah. I think and, I'm understanding uh, what you're putting down, but that's like, what it, it's i think i i think i i can feel what you your frustration yeah, would be because dna it, yeah <laughs> that's what it is yeah so yeah. that's so, yeah. that's a tough one because i i think it's uh perhaps a maybe it may i don't know if i, I don't want to speak for you but it for me when this situation is like this happen or like i'm put in a situation where i expect a certain result and it doesn't you know play out that way it it does turn into a, a form of frustration or misunderstanding it and like why why you know like why why is it this way and not that way yeah i've taken it very personally for sure and uh and i'm working through that to see how personal it is and i for me right now the place that i stand with it is and the reason why i'm not going into like further detail about it is because it's part of my professional life and uh, i'm not in a position to put that at risk Mm -hmm. so i'll continue to be somewhat vague about it uh but i had what I thought was a healthy expectation and it not being met meant that this investment that I've made for years was hollow. And that's like, I'm like, okay, well, if it is, then that's okay. I'm not condemning anyone. I'm not saying you're awful because of this, but like I passed up other professional opportunities because I I wanted to stay where I am Mm -hmm. for like, um, because I felt like our values aligned. So if they're not, that's okay. But I feel, but for me, I'm working through like passing up better financial opportunities. Um, and, and now also like losing the thing that I thought really, uh, bound us together. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to say like necessarily like water into the bridge either. Cause you're still working through it. Right. So sure. And it's, and I, I don't, I don't think I'll, ever get to a place of, of water under the bridge because it's um it, it's so fundamental to me it's i'm like and, frustrated and listening to like any outcome is okay uh but it it means that um that there are decisions that i have to make and they're heavy decisions and that's a stressor and also feeling like I, because I believe you can have a relationship with a person. You can have a relationship with a fucking piece of well, a, a television. I can have a relationship with my cat. I can have a relationship with a company. And that there's been like a, a sever of some of the bond that I thought was there. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it like saddens me and disheartens me a little bit. And you see uh, with like a sour taste. Yeah. So I, I know that I have to work through it. It's, it's not the easiest thing to work through because I, because of the environment that it's in, I have to make sure that I go down the right pathways to try and find like some reconciliation. 
uh, and that I approach it appropriately because it's not they're not going to come and sit here on the podcast and we're yeah, just going to we're a... just going to chat it up and then hug it out right mm-hmm. where I have to do this in like a very professional manner while also um, maintaining my integrity and the things that are like fundamentally important to me so yeah I actually feel better for just saying that so that's good look Heck at that yeah <laughs> getting it off your chest right? yeah yeah so, I mean, I've only been talking about it for three days with anybody who will listen, but uh, uh, now it's yeah. recorded. <laughs> you just like got something on your chest. So you just. Yeah, it's very therapeutic. Telling every, yeah. It's cathartic to, mm-hmm. to share it. So thank you for listening. Yeah. And thank you all of the people listening to this, <laughs> listening to him talk about it. It's awesome. Yeah. And by the time you listen to this, there may be a resolution that was amazing and great. And so thank you for um, being part of the next time when I tell you the amazing, great thing that happened because of it. Hell yeah. There you go. But like uh, going back to your point when you when you talk about doing the yoga and meditation, I've actually like fallen off. Like I haven't done it in a while. But last night, like I I had, I've been sitting in a chair like a lot lately, or like in my car. I'll sit in my car like before doing call notes and stuff like before I go into stores. And yeah, you know, sitting in a chair necessarily isn't like the best place to be all the time for your back, especially because sure there's more pressure on it than when you are standing up. I'm going to make a bold suggestion in a minute, but you continue. Absolutely. So I was, anyways, uh, it was just like, I think this is going to be my road back into yoga and meditation. Just yesterday, I, I, I like walked into my room and, and cathartically just like fell over. I was just like, oh, I'm so tired, but I'm going to play some Call of Duty anyway. But my friends weren't on yet. So I'm waiting in my lobby and I just happened to sit on the floor instead. And I just slowly but surely just, you know, reach towards one leg, reach toward the other. Then I'm doing downward dog and I'm going in between poses and all this and that. But like I, I, yoga happens to be like one of the best places to find your best headspace. For me, a hundred percent. I attributed a lot of it, a lot of it to breathing and learning how to breathe in a, in a healthy way. Cause mm-hmm. apparently whatever I was fucking doing <laughs> before I started doing yoga daily was not as good mm-hmm. uh, and did not, uh, garnered the same results, but th- would you like to hear my bold idea? Yes, bold idea. I'm gonna say uh, we pause where we are. I'm gonna put on like a 10 minute meditation. We'll do that, and then we're gonna come back. You want to? Yeah, I'm Let's down. Do I'm, I'm down. Totally are you down? down? Okay. Let's do it. Mindful minute, baby. That's it. Or mindful 10. <laughs> and we're back. How is that for you? We just did a 10 minute meditation. To be honest. I was going to offer it to you before we even started. I thought that it may be a good thing to do with guests beforehand, but I'm glad that we we, t- we took some time to do it in the middle. Yeah. I mean, I think the topic came up, so it was very well suited for like a little little pause, I think. I, I think, and that's awesome, uh, both a metaphor for the meditation and for what we did, like <laughs> taking a minute. We did. We, we we took a minute together, t- and it was it was nice. I feel I feel better. I I do too. Like, and this is like for those like if you've never tried meditating, it's it's kind of a weird concept because you were like, what do I just sit and breathe? Well, yeah, but there's just a little bit more to it. Just like, well, yeah, it's, just it's follow. I mean, follow the instructions. Mm-hmm. They provide you instructions. <laughs> you just do what they say, um, and it. I mean, we could get into. And, and I feel like we ha- we're already discussing it, like mm-hmm. positive, negative energies, yeah. the fact that you you can get pulled in to either of those. Um, for me, meditation is like a very calming energy. It like it re it, it like grounds me, puts me back at default for the day. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too ramped up or too 
like i don't know emotionally exhausted yeah i feel kind of like that reset button is super important yeah and you did yoga with adrian right oh yeah still doing it i'm doing i'm on my third 30-day challenge oh my gosh you're still going with this Uh, wrong yeah yep Uh, i'm at 124 days without missing a day damn that's yep. that's how hell of a shriek it is. and i'm sure your life is better for it too hell yeah yeah i'm old it's good to stretch man <laughs> that's what i would say i feel stronger i would probably look better if i also didn't eat a fuck ton of shitty food almost always yeah, like today when this is over i'll probably like go get pizza or something I don't i'm even... thinking about food right now too and or maybe like dinner. a frozen pizza and i'll just make it here because marissa went to that after after party and I'm not going to rush her home. So I have to remember to get her clothes, though. That's the thing. Yeah. No separating. We don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, just you can go just, back in the dryer. Just plop it in. <laughs> so uh, before we got on the podcast, I asked you things that you wanted to talk about. And I'm really excited for this part. So you have a story about you and China. Yeah. Correct? I do. Can it's you a please? long one for sure. Well, we have time. I mean, I have plenty of uh, GBs left on on the MacBook. So oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> we can talk about it. Um, I don't and even this know this changed your perspective on some things. Honestly, America changed my perspective on America. How I see foreigners in our country and how I understand travel a little bit better. Um, and also, I really, I so I choosing China was definitely not the first choice right i think i think my first idea of like a study abroad really was when i was in spanish class and like oh it'd be really cool to go to barcelona or madrid you know i'm a big soccer fan so like going to see real madrid play with cristiano ronaldo would have been a dream right i mean football football yes (laughs) the same thing right so that was like what got me started into into this idea like well, college is like the best time to go abroad, to experience something. My brain isn't fully developed, probably until next year, right? I'm only 23. So what better way than to than to travel? So Spain was the OG option. But then I, I as I'm going through the, like this study abroad progress, process at school and trying to get the, the paperwork and, and, and the classes situated and, and all this nonsense, the business school of which I was studying at the dean was on the board at the Beijing Center, which is where I studied abroad. And initially it started off as as me just chatting with my study abroad advisor, kind of just seeing what the best options were. And she was actually Han Chinese, right? From China, from Beijing. She was like, what about China? And I was like, what do you mean, what about China? What about China? So I don't know jack shit. I really don't know anything about China and, and besides like, they make stuff right i'm super ignorant at this point and i'm super ignorant now so i hope to be less ignorant yeah when you're done because right now i know covid19 was in china i know that most of my things say made in china and that's basically all i know about china and they got some weird kind of government thing going on where it's like fake free but not free yeah, where a lot of the direction is basically from one person. But it's it's weird how they do government because, like, when everybody in China is Chinese, for the most part, unless you go a little bit west, you you. Got your, right, and your expats <laughs> and so on. I'll, I'll get I'll get to that. Anyway, um, talking to her and stuff, and then the business school dean was like, yeah, we'll fly you out there. We'll pay for the ticket. I was like, 
all right, that's it. I'm going to go to China. But let me add a couple layers for it for myself, right? I'm in business school. It'd be, it'd be incredibly important. Where did you go to school? Lemoyne College in Syracuse. Um, graduated 2019, so not too long ago. But graduated feels like, in 2006. Feels like forever ago, right? Even, yeah. <laughs> I feel so old, even though I'm. Even though I just said I was. You were like five I, when I graduated yeah. from college. <laughs> I was like five, um, but yeah, they they offered to pay for the flight there, and at the time, my financial situation was a little rough, considering my parents freshly divorced, and I'm going to school, I'm working at school, um, so that was like my ticket there, right? My ticket there was paid for, so what better way than to to take on this option and really. I had never left America. I've been around the country. I mean, I've moved, my dad was in the military. I was born in California, North Carolina, where Lejeune is, and then up to Syracuse when he retired. So I've been like somewhat on the West West Coast, East Coast, and then and then the, the Northeast, right? So all over the place. But and now Long Island, now Long Island, which it's it's okay. Long Island's okay. It's okay. Um, I agree. It's just okay. Yeah. It's really expensive to just be okay also. Yeah. I have two jobs, people, and it's 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 rough. Yeah. I mean, like, this shit should be paved in gold considering what it costs to live here. Yeah. It is not. It is not. <laughs> no. And there's assholes pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently the, I don't know, if you live on the East Coast and you live in an area where there is money, you feel as though you have permission to be a dick. But I digress. That is there's very a certain take. measure of entitlement that comes. I I honestly our, believe that almost our culture, wholeheartedly but. without knowing the facts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we also work retail, so yeah, we know a lot of assholes. Yeah, yeah, we um, yeah we meet a lot of them too. <laughs> Way um, too many. Yeah, so I've been all over the place, but really, I wanted to leave the country, and thus the study abroad thought bubble popped in my brain. Started off with Spain. But what the fuck, man? Everyone goes to Europe. Everyone fucking goes there. Everyone goes to Italy and the Leaning Tower of Pisa and the fucking Eiffel Tower. That shit is all great and all, but what are you doing when you're going? You're going there to not... I don't think you're really going to learn about anything. When you, Yeah, Europe is great, but you're going to enjoy yourself. You're going to sightsee. You're going to expand your photo album. Not your brain. So... Really, I thought of it. I almost looked down on it in a way. I was like, yeah, Italy is not going anywhere. Well, maybe the southern part of Italy that's currently like the sea levels rising. That's another story. But they should fix that. I, I don't know how they will can, do anything I was gonna say, about can that. We, can we fix that? I don't know. I don't know. It'd be cool if they could. Um, but, but it's not going anywhere, you know. And I think so much of what I know and what the people I had met had been directed toward this this party lifestyle that was Europe was in Barcelona and things like that, where school wasn't a priority necessarily, but it happened, but wasn't priority. Traveling was priority, taking pictures and enjoying yourself. So I wanted to be different than that. It sounds a little cliche, but I, I wanted to be different. I didn't want to be the person who went to Spain and everyone's like, how oh, how's Spain? Right. And there's, there's the whole, you know, there's so much that happens, but I wanted to be different and go to China and learn about the culture. I didn't know jack shit, like I said before. I, I didn't know any Chinese. I didn't even bother studying before I Do went there. Do you speak there. Chinese now? I can speak a little bit, but it's very broken. And I actually had a conversation with a customer the other day where I was I was trying to, to practice Do you say, again. like, hi, how are you? Uh, uh, yeah, I can, but, like, ni hao ma is, like, uh, 
Hama is like good question mark, but okay. you don't you don't really say that. You just say Nihal, like hello. Uh, some other things like uh, like if you if someone says thank you, you can say uh, or like Xie is thank you. Probably sounds really weird on this audio, but that's okay. We're learning. So in case you didn't know, today is when we learn Chinese. <laughs> now is this like Mandarin? Yeah, Mandarin is mainland Chinese, okay. and then you got Cantonese, which is in Hong Kong. Okay. Fun fact: I'll give you a little fun fact about China. Cantonese was so close to being the national language of China, but the people who spoke Cantonese lost like in a battle, like in a, in like a Chinese civil war type deal. Uh, clearly the details are fading. Um, and th- thus the Mandarin alphabet took over China. Obviously there's a ton of, di- there's hundreds of different dialects in China. Um, very similar to India. India has tons of languages. Um, but Mandarin is the mainland, you know, and it's simplified now. Yeah. Um, there's simplified Chinese, and then there's traditional Chinese, which happens to be Cantonese. It's, it's more traditional, like characters. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and bring us back. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you got digress, you got a, a plane ticket paid for. Yeah, you're saying fuck all you scrubs going to Europe. I'm going to China. Mm-hmm. How long are you going for? So initially, and this is where it gets kind of cool. Um, I was gonna go for a semester. And and just and then come back like three months, uh, I think yeah August to December. Oh okay, so, so well, yeah long time. Middle August like August thirteenth was my flyout day, and I flew back December nineteenth. Okay, so like three or four months. Yeah, so okay. a, a, a good chunk of time, a good chunk of time. And uh, so I went, I landed. I'm looking at everything. I'm like, what the fuck does this say, man? Obviously, the the program I was a part of was amazing of the Beijing Center. How many people from your school were also part It was of me and one other person. Me and uh, this girl, Maria, uh, Shalice. She was, was she nice? Yeah, she was really nice. Okay. Uh, we didn't... We hung out like here and there just because we were like school compatri- compatriots, but it wasn't like a, a, a natural friendship. Um, it was like an acquaintance, right? Um, but not, I met a bunch of people even from when you were in China. Did yeah. You, did you guys grow your friendship? Nah, not really. I mean, so you, I, I had, I had met other people that I found that fit my lifestyle a little bit more. Okay. So I met some individuals from Gonzaga, which are really cool. University of Seattle. So you met other Americans. Yeah. So okay. my, my program, the Beijing center was an American program that partnered with, um, Loyola Chicago, which okay. is like the main attraction for this, this program. And then, so it's like a 25 student cohort. And, uh, and then I met a bunch of people there. And like I said, Seattle, like people are coming from all over just to like go to this program. So I ended up, uh, becoming friends with these guys from Gonzaga, got really close to them. And, uh, we go out to clubs and, and we'd have really big group events. And like when you, it was so quick to form a bond with someone who was an American outside of like. Like, had I met this person in the mall off uh, just a random interaction, there's highly, it's highly unlikely that we become friends, right? But now throw us in this situation where we're in a different country. So I, I got to become really close with these guys. And yeah, it was you guys really cool. had this huge bond. Yeah, just like that, right? Yeah. Just Americans because, being in China Because together. you were the Americans in China, mm-hmm. right? Here, here's your community. You're... You, you get pop off a plane mm-hmm. all of a sudden nothing looks like you've ever seen it before but at least you have this this small like coalition yeah of people that you can like 
that speak English. Yeah. So um, what, even what, cool, what was super cool about the program gave you an opportunity to live with a Chinese resident, like a Chinese national, which who could speak English and get you around and help you out. And I actually, happy birthday, Wilson. I don't know if you'll ever hear this. Today's his birthday, my roommate. Wilson, happy birthday. <laughs> how, how do we send them this? Do you I, still maybe talk I'll, to him? Yeah, I'll send them that. I'll send him a birthday uh, message and I'll send him this podcast. Absolutely. As but, his gift. Yeah. This podcast is a gift. Shout out, Wilson. Huge Derek Rose fan. Shout out, Derek Rose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we met. Um, I met him and he was really wonderful. He's from Xi'an, uh, China. And he lived in Beijing for school where I went to school called university of international business and economics um I'm, let me see if i can, i don't even know if i can say it in chinese anymore but um yeah yeah i don't know i know i can't remember i'm like trying to That's think fine. of it but um he was he knew english and they had an orientation and we kind of got to know the area boom three days orientation now we're sent on the silk road so this you know what the silk road is right i have no idea what the silk road is so the silk road happens to be a trade route from Beijing, China to all the way pretty much to Europe. And it was built or pretty much trekked a long time ago. And now there's pretty much just trains that run through from city to city that really create the new Silk Road. And actually China is doing a lot right now to emphasize this fact, to recreate their infrastructure. Um, that's why you see them spending a lot of money in, in, Af in Africa, um, building railroad systems and things like that. So they can get resources to rebuild their infrastructure. Gotcha. So, that's also like that's this side note like that's why I wanted to learn about China this this massive business opportunity that's that's laying pretty dormant for Americans people don't and you kind of look at it like made in China da 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 but it thrust us onto this Silk Road trip we stop in city after city after city and you just see I I can't remember the names of the cities right now um, off the top of my head but going through each city we got like tour guides and things like that and you just see so many different ways of life that I had never expected to. And do you I have had, some examples? Yeah. So, um, Kashgar is, is one that I reference a lot cause, um, it's like the, one of the farther most Western cities in China. And they have like this massive statue of Mao, like in, in the town square. Right. And however, and this is when I was talking about, like not everyone in China is Chinese. These people are Uyghurs. So traditionally Muslim individuals are from the Middle East that happen to now be in China. I've heard not good things about that situation. Exactly. So I, I learned just by, so like you go, you go into the city, Mao's standing there. You go down into this like little subway system where there's shops and all this metal detectors everywhere. And now most of the people are Uyghur, right? Not many Chinese people, but those who are Chinese are the police. Gotcha. So a little parallel to Americans whites and cops and things like that um but they're very oppressed in that in that little area is they, there like a concentration camp situation i'm pretty sure they don't even call it that because they don't want no it's like a like a i don't i don't even want to i'm not going to pretend there's, I know there's genocide the name. happening basically yeah. right now as yes. we speak um and that's with the the uyghurs and the and the chinese government and the chinese government because they want the land and they're not chinese descendants right they're uyghurs they're muslim they're not Han Chinese um, but that's just like one really big city that happens to have this over overlooking problem that I hadn't even known right and and you go like in any any city in America we know like what we're gonna kind of get like you can understand maybe not entirely but you can for the most part if you go to like 
a major city. You yeah, know right. Major get. city like yeah. Los Angeles or New York City. You understand like what you're going to get. Out yeah, of this. I mean, I'm sure you could go to like some weird small town in like middle America and it may be a little obtuse. Mm-hmm. I don't think to, to that extreme, or at least I, I hope not, but I, I don't know. It's a big country and there's a lot of people. So hopefully not something bad like that. Yeah. Um, But that's just one city. Look at that. You just did a good thing. I did. Just water. Drinking just water, people. It is literally just water. Isn't that like Will Smith's child? Jaden Smith. Yeah, Jaden Smith started this. Okay. I love the packaging on it. It's pretty sweet. It is. It's nice. They did a good job. Um, Good for you. Way to go, Jaden. there for just water. (laughs) (laughs) But that was just like one city out of like like eight that we saw. Um, How long was this Silk Road trip? It was a 13-day trip. Um, so you you bit you land you get there you meet Wilson you guys are our buddies and then you go hey guess what boom going on this trip with my whole cohort right and we had like a few other students from the program that were the Chinese nationals that came along with us to help facilitate guide and and, and things like that but like that's like a that's like coming to America going from New York and then taking a car and doing a cross country trip in twelve days. And we did that on a train. So now I'm taking trains where I have to poop all the time. So you have to, <laughs> so in the train, you, you got to squat. You pretty much squat everywhere. A lot of like, it's super hard for, I, I don't know how true this is, but Chinese people have an easier time squatting because their Achilles mm-hmm. are, I think a little longer than other people's. Okay. So like when you see people squatting, like completely flat footed and they're, I can do but, that. Yeah. So like, most people couldn't do that. I can do that now because I practice so many so often. And that's why maybe if you see me in the back one day, I might sit down like that. But um, that's pretty much how you go to the bathroom. Gotcha. Um, the trains are like that. And it smells really bad on the trains because you just got crammed full of people. Is like this toilet paper? Yeah. Okay. You bring your own. You bring, bring your, your own, own toilet paper. You okay. bring your own water everywhere. You don't, okay. you don't drink tap water. Okay. You don't use tap water to brush your teeth. There's some places you can, but it's like... It's skeptical, right? You don't want to. Yeah. And I, I don't want to paint a bad picture because I, for the most part, I could use tap water to brush my teeth. But like when I'm traveling, it wasn't like I was going to use the train water to brush my teeth. Right. Gotcha. Um, so now take the size of this room, shrink it maybe about like. A, this is not a big room for people who can't okay, see the it's, room. It's probably like. It's like 10 by 10. 10 by 10. Okay. Shrink it. Now make it 8 by 10. No, maybe maybe like. No, nah, probably a little smaller. I'll do like 8 by 8. 8 by 8. So now we're crammed in these little 6 person bunks top bunk middle bunk bottom bunk and now now we're we're sitting with six individuals or all my cohort students and then we're just like kind of just traveling through china and uh, i made a video uh i'll show it to you afterward it's pretty cool Um, okay i'm excited um but yeah now we're just like going from state state to state uh city to city just learning about china it was super crazy because you i didn't have fun i had a blast i if i could go back tomorrow i would COVID or not did anybody get like sick or anything or um i don't know anyone that (laughs) actually actually this is probably one of the funniest things that ever happened uh my friend sebastian uh is he from gonzaga he he's from the university of seattle um he ate something in cashgar that upset his stomach (laughs) And this is my biggest fear. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so people at home. Oh my God. This, I never thought I'd tell the story. So, I have like driving in the car, like bowel anxiety. I don't know why I cannot have to go to the bathroom. And then all of a sudden just, have I, I'm in the car and there isn't a bathroom present. And then all of a sudden I have to go. And then like, I'm sweating profusely. I feel like I'm about to shit myself. 
and then I get to a bathroom and I don't have to go anymore. It's only the car. It yeah. is like a psychological disorder that has ruined me. But anyway, so I'm not going city <laughs> to city on some weird squat train yeah, in China. Basically. Sorry, no offense, China, but probably not going to happen anytime soon. I'm also <laughs> probably too old for that trip. But Nah, never too old to travel. <laughs> I um, digress. So w- this is actually in Kashgar. We're in our hotel and uh, last few nights of the trip, and then we take a train. Oh, we take a fl- uh, plane back to Beijing. Pretty much in every city, we got drunk. Right, uh, and there's this this uh, liquor is called baijiu or white or white alcohol. Sounds racist. Baijiu is how you say it in China, like if you emphasize in the Chinese. Um, basically, it's like two dollar vodka at fifty percent, and it will fuck you up in seconds. And it's so fast, I, I I can't drink it anymore. I got so sick of it. Um, on my birthday actually, is it in like China. grain alcohol? Yeah, okay. It's like grain alcohol. Uh, it's six kwai, which kwai is uh the form of currency. Six kwai is a dollar for uh point seven five people, and you would get destroyed. And you can go into Manhattan, and you have to spend about one hundred and eighty dollars on drinks in order to get equally drunk. Exactly. America. Yeah. So, every city we're getting really drunk and stuff, and this is the last stop, and we have like a little thing of by joe and we're just drinking it walking around the city you know as just enjoying the view and stuff is there drugs present no no shot you're gonna find drugs in china okay actually i was i, I have a story i'll tell you later that i did but <laughs> okay. you know um so we're just walking around and then all of a sudden he's like oh my god i gotta go to the bathroom and there was no bathroom in sight and he's like dude i really really gotta go and I, we ended up walking by, by this uh I don't want to say it was like a police station, but it seemed like one, but there was like police guardian and stuff. He goes inside and he, he used, and then he comes back out and he goes, that was horrible. That was horrible. So anyway, he like, he went in and there was no toilet paper. He didn't have his own and bubble guts and all. He's like, dude, I had to use a, a used piece of toilet paper. And I was like, no, like no way you did some shit like that. And then he just like let it sit. Like he was just like, I, I can't believe I did some shit like that. Like I used like this old toilet paper like in China and da da da. Yeah, it was. Like, did he get like some weird disease or he was <laughs> no, okay? He never got sick, but he just felt so defeated. You know, he was like, I had to find a used one. And I was like, this one looks kind of clean. <laughs> this one looks cleaner. It's just like, oh my god, imagine That's like horrible. I could not have imagined like no. sitting there and be like. <laughs> I'll use that. I feel for him. I want to send him a card. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it, it was so, it's so funny just to think about it even now, but that was one story. So you, yeah. so you did that for 13 days and you flew back to mm-hmm. where the university was. Yeah. And you spent the next three months at the university. So you spent the next th- few weeks at the university. Um, we had like our own um, part of the building on the fourth floor that like housed our classes and because we were American students, we had like access to a bunch of like um, documents. Chinese nationals don't have like, because China shields a bunch of stuff from their people. Um, and we kind of just have our classes. A lot of it is uh, directed around a lot of the Chinese information and history and things like that. So we got to learn about um, later on in my second semester, I learned a lot about uh, Chinese philosophy. So there's a things. second semester. Yes, there was a second semester. So you um, stayed dun, dun, in China. Dun. You stayed in China an additional four months. Yeah. So did you come home and then go back? I did. I did. Okay. Um, and I'll get to that. But yeah, uh, we spent the next few weeks like in the 
in the cohort obviously now we're learning the city a bit better we're going around the city or the forbidden city the the great wall like we're doing other trips on weekends like there's other opportunities for you to go out and see and enjoy the sights and stuff the the, the program helped with that um and october rolls around so actually right about this time now is the is the what is it the the moon festival in china so there's a bunch of moon cakes and things like that just, um, i forget what it symbolizes now that I'm like blanking on so much. No, that's okay. Um, but it's like you, you share these with friends and you give them to people and it's just like a, a gesture of goodwill uh, having mooncakes. And then during that time was basically like our fall break kind of deal. Um, and we went to Zhongjiajie, which is where they filmed Avatar. Very cool. So now I, I take a 24-hour train. Yeah, yeah. You sleep on it and everything. And uh, uh, we take a train from Beijing to Zhongjiajie and then... We spend like about a week there, um, just hiking the mountains, you know. And I've I can so show me, you pictures and stuff like that. We let just, me ask you a question. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about how your perspective changed for the better. Experiencing what you experienced, you go to China. You were probably what, like twenty years old. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're there with a bunch of other people from America, but nobody that you know mm-hmm. before the trip. Yeah. And then you spend eight months there. Like what part of you is different from experiencing that? So when when I look at like how Chinese people like view their world, it's a lot. It's, it's very, it's very directed for the betterment of Chinese people. So like you and I are very, we're very individualistic. We have our own characteristics, but when we come together, it's about, this one thing and that one thing that connects people in china is always china right the idea like so being of service to your country absolutely and i think and everything's communal there you eat dinner with all your friends you pass the bowls around you share food you share so much together and it really brings you together with like your fellow person and i think are the people happy yeah people are very happy and there's also there's also this theory that the chinese people are sleeping like a sleeping giant like could completely blow up at any point with the political system but okay um knowing that like i came back to america and i could just see differences and be in, from people really i could tell that like you're acting for your own purpose you're not acting for this specific goal in mind you're acting because you're a selfish person or or for whatever reason so and, you found it attractive that they they were of service to like their greater community yeah Okay. And I, and I think I get that sense from my father. He was a Marine. So like sure. he was always serving, right. Always. in he was in the USPS, like or, uh, USPS, the postal service. Like he did that before he passed. So like he was always trying to find a way to serve people and be communal. And I think that's, I think there's a lack of that in America. And I could see that almost quickly, like right well, when I arrived. Well, right now I feel like we're, we're very divisive. Exactly. So, um, I'll just speak for myself because that's all I have. I feel like there are like, I'm part of like the recovery community. And that is um, like, we were of service to each other. Mm -hmm. And the hope is that what you learn by being of service within a community is that you take that and you become of service to all the people that you interact with and like whose lives you can touch on a regular basis. We're not divisive. That's not 
who we are. We can mm-hmm. agree to disagree. I don't know how much that exists in like the current climate. And it's it would be fun probably another time for us to talk about just how much has changed in like the three months since I was on your podcast. Yeah. Because that is wow. when yeah. when a lot had just started. I believe like the the George Floyd protests had just begun mm-hmm. when I was on your podcast, and here we are, like three or four months later, still going. Yeah, these protests because like incidents continue to happen. We have this huge, huge election coming up in a few weeks, um, and people really believe like if you're not with them, you're against them. Uh, and there is, it's almost like there, there has been a line in the sand drawn. Yeah. Um, and there is, uh, there's no way to like have allies on both sides of that line, which to me is like, it just saddens me. I have people in my life who like I love and care about and who have helped me so much that straddle that line. Um, and, and there have been points over the last few months where I have felt as though I've been asked to, um, not communicate with some people mm-hmm. because of what some of their like political or social views are. Um, and then I, and, and that is from bolts, both extremes Yeah, and to be like somewhere in the middle uh, it, it's almost uh, a tough position. Yeah, it feels like it's, yeah, it feels like an impossible position. I have to be very careful of what I say and to who, because I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm less concerned with like people not fucking liking me, but I, it, it matters to me if someone is offended by what I say. Yeah. So I want to be careful because I, I'm not in the business of, um, knowingly hurting people if i know that it can be avoided there's some things i don't have to say to some people because i know it will cause harm um and they can be on either side of that very thin line that we've uh that we were talking about and i think that's that's a lot of what i saw really is when i came back is how split people can be or like who associates who associates with who and and really where political beliefs lie it's like we do we we have this common goal in mind do we like like we we all want to prosper in this in this country we all want to live our dreams right that's the the, the idea of the american dream to the life the, the whatever sure, sure. Yeah. yeah it's it's life liberty and the pursuit yeah, of happiness yeah exactly right? so but you almost had to be asleep to fucking believe it right the dream sure. that is the american dream yeah. i'm doing air quotes people um <laughs> And that's it, it kind of like tarnished America in my eyes because when I was in China, you I, I still have Twitter, right? I was still able to access like social media through VPN. I wasn't on it a lot, but when when other countries report on America, it makes you feel bad because you represent this country and you're not even there. And now all of these people back home are are generating this perception of Americans. Now, when you like, even in, in, in Germany and in all these other countries, and I've seen posts like on Facebook posts, like saying like, and this is COVID related, like how the fuck are we not getting this together? Wear the fucking mask. Like it's like one of those things and you see it and you're like, why are they so stupid? Like doing these, like it was police brutality. It was a bunch of, it was Charleston was, I think what happened in 2017, right? 2018. Mm-hmm. 
around yes. that time. So that was happened. Charleston happened. I was like, what? I'm embarrassed to be American, to be a white person, to, to be associated with like shit like that. Like, and that's what I saw. And that's, and that's why I almost have like a distaste in my mouth for Americans in a way. Like I'm, I'm very, like my dad was a Patriot, right? He was, uh, served in the military, but it makes me kind of sick. Cause I lost my father through military, through PTSD, Gotcha. took his own life. Right. And that kind of, even that puts like a salty taste in my mouth because it's like, there are so many things that I look at in America logically that could be solved, but doesn't happen. Sure. And when things like happen in China, it's for the betterment of their people, or at least it's, it's genuinely perceived that way. And I don't necessarily feel that perception when, when even when Biden talks on national television, he can barely hold a sentence. And I don't think he really gives a fuck if I vote for him or not. You know what I'm saying? No, sure. I mean, we so can, it's like we can... this total split from, from where I am and from where power lies in America that pisses me off. I think that is just, that is such a key point. And that is the difference of where, of the goals and motivations of people in power. Mm-hmm versus the people who don't have work power. for me not for yourself oh well, yeah they're supposed to be they're supposed to be like of service to their constituents yep that would be their job but that's not what it is nobody's fooled by the fact that that's not what it is um and so it it looks like like if your parents were like divorced and they had to and they were like arguing over you and they never let the other one be right that's what like our political parties look like there it does... <laughs> <laughs> wow like it, yeah it, like they're supposed parents. to be a marriage and instead they're like Bickering. yeah that's it and it doesn't and like do you want to know who gets harmed like the kids get harmed right holy uh, fuck people you hear this you hear this the... fucking metaphor for americans <laughs> we're well, the kids that get the shit end of the stick we do because we and it like with with talk amongst like all sorts of things, the greatest privilege to have in America is money. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you don't have that, it really doesn't matter what you are. Mm-hmm. You you can be uh you can uh identify as any gender, any race, any religion. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that, if that is the piece that is missing from your life, you get fucked on the regular. That's it. That doesn't mean that like there aren't things that you can overcome. That doesn't mean that it isn't worse for some than it is for others. Mm-hmm. But you are in a perpetual state of being fucked because if without it, <laughs> if without you it, don't yeah. have money. Look at the COVID relief that we were selling. Twelve hundred bucks for a year. Yeah, people have fun. make more than that in a fucking week, man. Come on, and then you have billionaires profiting off this fucking relief system. Sure. How do you have five? Like, how do you have five people who? maintain like such a large percentage of the wealth in the country yeah uh, you've made an angry fist yeah just come and on I, and there is there's uh like almost 15 years of age difference between the two of us and it is easy for both of us to align on the same idea yeah. like it is so blatantly obvious that that is such a hardship that uh you nobody just overcomes not like okay so i'm a white male i understand for sure that there are a bunch of privileges that come just from that but and i but will probably offend some people and that's okay i come from a family that was lower middle class 
I watched uh, my parents lose our family home in the mortgage crisis in 2008. I watched both my parents lose their job in 2009. I know what it feels like to be homeless and live out of your car multiple times because I did it myself. Um, so, and and here I am, right? I'm I'm almost 40 years old. I work. Uh, I, I have a retail job, even though I have a college education, because I'm still, still, all these years later, paying off that college education, which is fucking asinine, but it's also true. I've never had a job where I've made more than $65,000 a year living on Long Island, which is not a lot of money. Mm -hmm. That's just like cold 65,000 after taxes is like, no, before, before taxes. taxes. Yeah. yeah. So after taxes, what's my take home? Not that much. Like 35, 38,000, something like that. Yeah. Um, after like benefits and all that (laughs) shit. But there are like such immense privileges that come from like inheriting wealth mm-hmm. from having it from generational wealth that yeah. a lot of middle class members in and, America and my my family for whatever reason I mean I'm not one to judge I, I don't care like we didn't inherit any wealth my grandparents didn't die with wealth like we have continued like this generational lack of a step up where we live paycheck to paycheck my parents are almost 70 years old they have a little one-bedroom apartment now um and they both still work full-time jobs because they can't afford to live here just on social security so my parents who are almost 70 years old have basically no retirement lost their home uh 12 years ago and lost their jobs and then had to work like crummy jobs just to make ends meet and now at almost 70 still can't afford to retire that yeah. sucks. And I'm not in a position to support them. That hurts. Yeah. And I don't, and then I was chicken. If people yeah, heard that yeah, joke. Yeah. If you heard um, that, she's an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you don't, and, and pulling it back to China, I see a lot, I've seen a lot of services like government services. And that's also like something that really irritates people. Whether we, we help, we give handouts to people or, do we help them build themselves up? And it's really like a, a really weird gray area and who, and how do Democrats do and how do Republicans do it and whatever. But in China, like specifically, this is just like two, two uh, examples in the winter. Everyone receives heat. Everyone in the summer, everyone has AC. Like these are basic things. You wouldn't even think of that as so they like, have healthcare. Um, so even, even healthcare in, in China, I, I don't go to the fucking doctor for anything, anything they go for everything. It's completely opposite because again, like you, you're working for China, like everything's for this one thing, whether you know it or believe it in the moment or not. Like when you come together, Chinese people work for each other. Everyone in America is working for a fucking profit. In, or in or survival. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so they, like we can't, Mar- Marissa and I just had this conversation. I, I apologize for cutting no, you it's off, all right. but how hard it is for either of us to try and change jobs before we're married, because who wants to be in the middle of a global pandemic and lose their health? No health no, insurance. Right. Like, so I don't know whose fucking asinine idea it was to link your job, job your to your again. health benefit. Like you don't link my fucking car insurance to it. And I use that more for work purposes than I do my health insurance. Every so so my, the company that I work for has me by the balls. That's just it. Like, because I can, and they do it on purpose. I can't afford to leave 
and risk not having health benefits during a pandemic. God forbid something were to happen. That's fucking bananas and yeah. upsetting. Like I and I, you look at Bernie. Bernie's before his time at seventy five. Like he's saying things people cannot grip because it's so progressive. Like what happens is I think this is what happens in my perspective in America is that you and I have these ideas that seem so right for right now or or should be happening already. But there's people who have hear that idea and they're like, why the fuck would you do that? And they completely shut it out. But it's those same people that give you these ideas. Don't let, and then there's no conversation around it. No conversation around bad ideas. And that's how you don't throw anything out the window. It's they're taking bad ideas and running with them. Well, it's like everybody laughs at Andrew Yang for universal basic income. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the COVID-19 happened <laughs> and now everybody wants to implement universal basic income. <laughs> like how fucking stupid is that? The, the guy got lambasted. Stupid shit got to happen before you want to fucking be proactive. Well, that's, that's what happens, right? Like we're not proactive as a society. COVID. We're COVID not proactive. COVID is a perfect example. Tr- Trump totally cut the... The, the pandemic the uh, pandemic relief fund or, thing like what the fuck he got rid of the offices the people that did it like why and, and then we knew it was coming and then we just respond and i will just speak for myself i don't do many things in a healthy way mm-hmm. when i'm simply reacting to situations yeah because then I become emotional. And I don't think political leaders are devoid of emotion. I'm sure they're yeah. making emotional decisions. Also, I'm sure it's hard to not make emotional decisions when thousands of people start dying yeah. out of nowhere. And you don't know what to do because you got rid of the team that's supposed to know what the fuck to do. Um, and so you end up in this place. right? Yeah. Like you, you end up in this place where I, I would say both of us are very lucky that yeah, we we're still employed, we still have homes, jobs, but I, et cetera. I also have this thing, and maybe it's like this weird sense of entitlement, and I don't really know where it comes from. I don't feel like we should have to feel lucky to still be able to afford our lives during a global oh, pandemic. Yeah, I don't feel like I should have to want to like bow down to the company that I work for for having the willingness to to keep me employed for 3 months when the when like the store was closed. I don't I don't want to have to feel like I owe you one because all you did was what I would think happens is, everywhere. And it's and it's it in my eyes it shouldn't have even been a decision. Right? Like that you if you can afford to not furlough employees then you wouldn't furlough employees. I don't know why I have to thank you for it. You don't thank me every time I do my job. I shouldn't thank you every time you do yours. And yours is to be responsible for my employment. That's your job. Mm-hmm. Among <laughs> I don't. I, I don't get direct deposit and go. Hey, thanks. Thanks again. Yeah, that's really nice. I just of gave you. you all my time. Uh, so yeah, there, uh, in case you couldn't tell, maybe we need another ten minute meditation. But nah. Uh, it's the monkey mind i mean it happens right we we go off on these these tangents but yeah but yeah it's uh it's, uh, some of this stuff is upsetting and i don't i don't have the vantage point of even spending time in china and i think it's beautiful that you do because you see what it looks like for 
Um, and, and right, we're in America, so you hear a lot of bad things about China. But you took away some of the positives of what happens when, like, the state, the government can care for its people. Its people want to also care for the state. Yeah. Yeah. It's as backwards as people might look at China. I mean, they're, they're doing something right. And And I'm sure the people were nice to you when you were there. They're so nice. I I speak the, I speak the Chinese. I spoke on this podcast and people fucking freak out. They're like, you can speak Chinese. And and, then they're incredibly inviting people. They, they want you to try all of their food. How is the food? Oh my fucking God. I'm glad you asked. So, Back on campuses, there's this side called West Side or Westgate. Okay. Westgate uh, is where, no, Eastgate. Eastgate, Feastgate, right? So that's where all the food was. Um, you would know. I wouldn't. I know McDonald's and Taco Bell. Well, we'll, we'll even get to McDonald's at China. But um, we had this place called uh, Hangzhou Shelter, which is Hangzhou appetizer, small foods, things like that, ran by this um, this auntie. Like you call her auntie or whatever. Um, and I spent so much time eating jiaozi, which is dumplings. Uh, dumplings with eggs. Uh, chicken leg and rice with bok choy. Just, and, and you would like expect to get sick maybe. And like, cause it's not the cleanest environment that cook is, food is always being cooked in. But man, is it damn good. And you can, and there was so many ways. And what what was super intriguing for me was being Do you able miss to, it all the time, all the time. Because the 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 thing between Chinese food and America and China is, I think one is the ingredients are different. So food in China is obviously from China, and we're getting we have this food system that provides us with this. It's gonna taste different because it's grown different, grown different places, et cetera, et cetera. So there's obvious differences in taste right from the jump, and then. Uh, the style of cooking is a little bit different. Um, when you eat Chinese food here, it's it's incredibly saucy. It's really greasy, nasty, yep. kind of almost. MSG. I so don't even know what that shit MSG is. MSG is f- amazing, and you it doesn't really do anything bad to you. It's really? Just, it's just a flavor. It's a flavor enhancer. It's a flavor enhancer. Yeah. I feel like it makes me feel hungover, and I don't drink. Really? Or is that just in my mind? I think it's just all these people saying MSG is so bad. Like, whatever. MSG is good. It's a flavor enhancer. Okay. It's food right. bomb. You, hey, you want to know what? Even um, just a tiny little sprinkle. Don't have to even add it. They offer it to you. It sits at the table. You know, it's like a salt. Whenever I order, since my parents did it, I go, no MSG. My parents said that's bad. And then he goes, okay. Yeah. Um, But the food is spectacular. Noodles, hand cut. People are tossing them, slapping them on the tables, chopping them up, boil them right in front of you. Served. Uh, Food carts at two in the morning I would spend time at just making me very hungry Getting a l- i'm hungry now so you can i'm just talking about it. um the you get a bag of food you just have you spend six quai you spend a dollar on dinner and you go home like i'd spend at most in one day if i was feeling myself and wanted to do- indulge ten dollars that's pretty dope for a full day's worth of meals and then you liquor a dollar more <laughs> like <laughs> come on like you couldn't it, it, again the standard of living is different and and being Americans, we have this privilege of being wealthier than most countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they got OLEDs. Uh, they got Tesla now. They do have their. They also have their own versions of Tesla, the Neo yeah. brand yeah, and stuff I, like that. I own Neo stock. Just saying, Neo, please kill it, so that way I can make <laughs> money. But yeah, there's, there's, it's China's a wealth of information, 
Um, there's so many things to do. I would never shy some away from going. And everything that you hear stereotypical, please wash it from your brain. Don't, because how many times have you done something or someone's told you something? Someone's told you a movie was bad. You watched it yourself and you thought it was bomb or it was really good. Like everyone's perspective is different, but I want, I, I hope I can offer it to these people listening that like, well, you're getting to it. You're yeah. To like, it. So, so the podcast, I'll pause you. The subject for a vision title comes from a quote from a book right that says everything we know is subject to revision especially what we know about the truth and i feel like you're really hitting the nail on the head here right because somebody tells me some shit i take it as fact and then i i won't even try Mm -hmm. something that opposes it i won't watch the show that people no they said that show that that show sucks i look i mean that's why i go on like rotten tomatoes and i'm like oh no you only got you only got two tomatoes two tomatoes isn't good then i'm not even gonna watch maybe i would love it yeah i have to start to revise my thinking so i'll let you go back to to china yeah never i i mean just, not go back to china but talk yeah, more about china it's it's just a great i think it'd be a great opportunity whether it be china i went to thailand i went to i was in hong kong for like no i wasn't even in hong kong i was in uh where was i it's like it's like a city it's like an ocean city that's also like a country. I forget what the name of it is, but I spent like a day there. I, sl- I, sl- I slept in the airport because I fucked up my hotel reservation. <laughs> now I was in spring break, uh, the second semester. Um, but I, uh, I had, damn, I had something to say about the subject of revision part. Um, well, you were talking about like don't allow other people's yeah, like so opinions even, of something going like so even that right so. This podcast, we make it, you make it for, for your own enjoyment. Like whatever, whatever content you put out and quality is determined by the listener. Oh, I like so that because I'm a hard, that, hard, so hard this critic. Is, this, I would, I would look at Gary V. Gary V uh-huh. is a very inspirational person I follow on Instagram. Don't give a flying fuck what other people think about what you do, but certainly you can accept the praise, but the praise shouldn't matter because what should matter is the craft. Gotcha. So you love doing this because you love doing it, right? Yeah, this is so much fun. I had so much fun when we did yeah, uh, yours. So that like, I, all the I other stuff is extra, to... right? So the negativity from other people, don't even need it because I'm doing what I love. You want to know what negativity on my podcast would sound like? It would sound like people actually listen to it, and that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think – I have no like idea in my head that people actually will. I just want to do it. It's fun. Like the, I, I didn't know about your dad. I didn't know about your time in China. Yeah. I didn't know how we aligned on like, um, social political, um, ideologies. And, and here we are an hour and 10 minutes later with an intermission for a meditation, yeah. which is fantastic. Where chicken really bonded with you. Yeah. I didn't want, so while we're doing the meditation, <laughs> chicken came over and like smelled me and like I opened my eyes and then she walked over to Tyler and I wanted him to make sure I wasn't making a move on him. So I was like, that's a cat. It's not me. <laughs> yeah. I felt the whiskers. So I, 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 like, I was like, I was like, I was like, can't be Mark's whiskers. Right? <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, no, I was like, nope, not me. Chicken. You got to introduce yourself a little bit better. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think a new takeaway, right. You open my eyes, kind of revise my thing a little bit is, like I'm going to grow even healthier relationships with some people or, or build some new ones 
just by inviting them to experience this, yeah. which is fun. It makes you, it makes it me, breaks you down, it breaks you down a little bit, it, opens you up. It also makes me feel a little special. Like I like the headphones on, hearing our <laughs> voice. Like it sounds, it feels official. Yeah, um, and I like that because it, it, I don't know, it lends something special to it. Marissa and I just had a conversation this way one night. That's how much we enjoyed it. So, um, I mean, I, do you have anything else that you want to share? If you do, now's your opportunity. If not, we're coming up on like almost an hour and a half, which is yeah, which is long. cool. Yeah, and that awesome. means Cat. Thank you. You're gonna have a lot of editing to do. I think maybe I, not even that much because this was oh, an yeah. awesome conversation. Yeah. Oh yeah, the conversation was awesome. I don't even think we said like that much. Uh, <laughs> maybe we I've did. Looked, maybe we didn't. Cat will know. Yeah, Cat. Remember, <laughs> get them. Uh, get that little uh, that little clipper tool ready for every time I say. You got the like, shortcuts down. Yeah. Click, click, click. That's why we click, pay click. you the big bucks. For anybody else who's listening, audio visual uh, extra. I don't know. What, I don't know what to call her. She's my post production person manager, um, and she is fantastic and highly skilled. And if this sounds good, it has a lot more to do with her than it has to do with Tyler or myself. So hire her, give her a great job. Um, we only want the best for the people that, that come and support. <laughs> yeah. Shout out cat. Really appreciate you uh, chopping this up for us, but any last words I got? Um, thank you, dude. This was so awesome. Uh, this is my first time as a guest on the show. You are my. It will not be your last time. I hope not. I hope to do this again. But the goal um, is one a week, so a week. Uh, that oh, means yeah. you're gonna be, you'll probably be back once. I'm a down month. for it. I'm down for it. Probably be on yours more than I am on mine. <laughs> um, but yeah, if anyone could uh, give Mark a follow, you know that's the deal. Let share his podcast, but be sure to drop a like on this stuff. Um, go over to my podcast. My podcast is called Your Corner Store. Um, you can find it on Spotify, Apple. Uh, really wherever you find your podcast um, or enjoy them. Uh, but we have more conversations like this. Uh, I had Mark on mine show. We talked about his forgiveness path. Um, I thought it was really great then. Uh, offered me a lot of perspective. And now here I am again on his show, learning a lot, offering a lot. Um, and I think you guys could love that show too. So yeah, go on, yeah. stop on by, follow me on Twitter. Your, do the whole corner sore. The shebang. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Make it happen. We want, to, we want to get all the listens. We want to try and impact some lives, make yeah. some people smile, have a little fun. Maybe somebody else, the only thing they'll get out of this is that they'll turn us off and they'll go meditate for 10 minutes. I would love nothing more than that. I think it would be fantastic. This has been so much fun. I appreciate you coming down tonight, Tyler. And uh, yeah, uh, for all those who are listening, thanks for spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Peace out, guys. Thank you. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Subject to Revision podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and numerous other platforms. We plan on releasing one episode per week. If you have any suggestions or questions about our podcast, please email us at subjecttorevision2020 at gmail.com. We look forward to your continued support.